This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome aboard The Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz. Thank you so much for tuning in. Jay Baker with me on the phone. Hey, Jay, how are you? Hey, I am doing great, Adam. Looking forward to the show today. We talk about public affairs and community service, and uh, I wanted to start with an event that I'm actually a part of and connect it to community service. Now, have you heard of, um, not necessarily a household name, but there are two areas where people are like, oh, yeah, I know him. If I mention the name John Hall to you, John Hall, does that ring a bell? It's a very, uh, very normal, uh, common name. So maybe you went to high school with a guy named John Hall and it's a different person. But uh, John Hall, does he ring a bell? He does ring a bell. And I can't remember the very famous band that he was in. But, okay. Uh, Yes. But uh, I know he's a great musician. Yes. Okay. So John Hall is a founding member and uh, lead songwriter and singer for a band called Orleans. There you go. The Dance With Me guys. And they had a, they had three huge hits in the late 70s. One was Dance With Me, I Want to Be Your Partner. Can't you see I'm not going to sing them because I'm terrible at it? <laughs> uh, the other one, uh, if you're... Uh, of middle age, like Jay and myself, you'll remember the ABC promo in the late 70s for Still the One. Yes. Um, we're still having fun, and you're still the one. Gosh, I'm a terrible singer. I apologize to our <laughs> listeners. And then finally, uh, what was the other hit? Um, still the One, Dance With Me, and... Um, Oh my there God. was one that I vividly remember, and I may throw you off by saying its title, but they had a fairly good hit with a song called Love Takes Time. That's it. That's the one I it was yeah, escaping my brain. Yeah. yeah, Love Takes Time. Yeah, um, I've got that on a couple of my playlists. It really is a great song, and that's how I knew about John Hall. And then I worked at a radio station where we actually played a couple of songs from John Hall's uh, solo uh, album. So the guy is very, very good. Well, he uh, connects us to the world of service and community service because I didn't really know this about him until recently. He was a United States congressman. Did you know that? No, I, I didn't. That's very interesting. Uh, from his district uh, on the East Coast, I think it was in New Jersey, uh, possibly New York, uh, but from like 2000. Around 2010, so 30 years after uh, they have the hits in the late 70s, he runs for office and he's a, a, a representative in Congress. I mean, it was it's an amazing story. Uh, and I know that. I had a chance to talk to him. I, I did an interview with him uh, for my Yacht Rock uh, project, uh, Yacht Rock Radio. Some of our stations actually play the, the show, Yacht Rock Radio, on the weekends. And uh, Orleans is one of those big bands. And um, My Yacht Rock Radio is presenting uh, an Orleans concert along with Firefall and Atlanta Rhythm Section at the Indiana State Fair on July 30th. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I know uh, state, it's fa- state fair season, if you will. Uh, a lot of young people get involved through community service with state fairs. You've got 4-H. I don't know. Were you, you were into 4-H, weren't you? 
Uh, you know, uh, I grew up in an area that didn't have much 4-H, but I have a couple of relatives that were huge 4-Hers. Didn't you um, didn't you have uh, have performance enhancing drugs with the world's largest <laughs> pumpkin that you entered into the 4-H fair back in 1987? My pumpkin victory um, is still called controversial there, to this day. <laughs> There's an asterisk <laughs> next to your great pumpkin victory, 4-H, 1982. Uh, yeah, 4-H uh, I know is huge, and uh, agriculture, the livestock, a lot of young people, young farming families uh, are into the state fair and what it provides for their communities and their families. So we wish everybody uh, attending a state fair or participating in a state fair much luck and success this season. And if you're in the uh, central Indiana area around July 30th, uh, stop by the Indiana State Fair and see Yacht Rock Radio present Orleans, Firefall, and Atlanta Rhythm Section. That is um, going to be the opening night of that fair, and we're proud to be a part of it. This is the Adam Rich Show. We're brought to you in part today by Vibonomics, the audio experience company playing music in uh, retail locations across the country, grocery stores, convenience stores. You'll hear some music. You'll hear some voiceover announcements, a voiceover advertisement. Uh, It's a very cool audio presentation inside retail stores across America. And we've got a link to their website. On our website, you'll find it easily at adamritzshow.com. All right, Jay, uh, what is happening in your world? Well, uh, real quickly to add to your commentary about the state fair, the one thing that the state fair has given to mankind, the one of the great inventions of all time, it combines uh, nutrition with convenience. It's the corn dog. <laughs> and I am a sucker <laughs> for a corn dog. I, we all love a corn dog. I get the we? big foot long. I, I put a little ketchup. I alternate the ketchup mustard. I don't want each in both bites. So I eat about, you know, maybe an inch and a half of it is just ketchup. The next inch and a half is mustard. Um, it looks like a highway, really, the dotted line of a highway down my corn dog. But uh, yeah, sirloin tips, love those. The fair food is unbelievable. Uh, fair food is great. Deep fried, you name it, and they'll uh, deep fry it. They'll put batter on it, deep fry it, and I will buy it. I am in the same boat. As Adam said, we are heading into state fair season. This has also been a summer where there has been record heat and drought in uh, more than one area of the United States. And this is a show that we've always urged you, do what you can to avoid excessive sun exposure. Uh, Always, uh, you know, get yourself screened for skin cancer issues and wear sunscreen when you can. So this is a very pertinent story. Johnson & Johnson is recalling five of its sunscreen products and this is kind of important because this is a national recall and you hate to see this because you know everyone's using these products to uh, increase their health Uh, but they are acting in an abundance of caution and they are recalling if you use any of these products Neutrogena, Beach Defense and then there are four products from Aveeno, Protect and Refresh, cool sport invisible daily defense and also ultra sheer you can call johnson and johnson's consumer care hotline to arrange for a refund if you do have any of these products and they do recommend that you discontinue their usage 
That number is 1-800-458-1673. That is very important. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Uh, Families and children rely on sunscreen to help um, curb the effects of that damaging sun. I mean, it's uh, vitamin D. It's it's good for you in one respect, but uh, in the other, if you're if you have long-term exposure to the sun, uh, you could be looking at some big problems in your uh, middle age or later. Yeah, absolutely. And it is something that is somewhat cumulative. So be aware, this is the time of the year that we love being outside, but sometimes being outside is not your best friend. Uh, in the Olympics, uh, believe it or not, they're going to be beginning July 23rd. You know, I heard they were right around the corner, and that snuck up on us, especially, I mean, they were canceled last year, so how did it sneak up on us? We should well, be ready for it this. did. <laughs> yeah, it did sneak up on us, and, uh, you know, there are going to be some changes in this year's Olympics. One of them is there are still some COVID concerns, despite that we've kind of gone uh, farther away from the original COVID lockdowns, and they are going to change the medal ceremony for the first time in over 100 years. They're going to actually hand the winners of these events a medal that is on a tray. And then the medalist actually receives it and then puts it on. That is interesting. Yeah, you think about uh, when someone puts a medal on you, their nose is seven and a half inches away from your nose. That's pretty pretty close. Please don't cough. That is a little close. There was some concern about a recent soccer match where they were yeah. putting medals on athletes, and some of the athletes didn't look happy about it. Yeah, please hold your breath while you're putting this medal on me. I'm so <laughs> glad I won and I'm the champion of the world, but stop breathing while you put this medal on me. So they're going to use a, a tray. Are these like the plastic trays from McDonald's? And is well, there a little I, trash can off to the side where they're going to stack the trays? <laughs> could be. Could be. I like that idea. Please, please place your tray on the shelf. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't think about that. Would that be there, great? There might be some residual ketchup from the person that used the tray last, so you might have some ketchup stains on your gold medal this year. You never know. Absolutely. This will be a little different look, Olympics as well, as there are going to be no official spectators at the Olympic Games in Tokyo. There will be some officials, coaches, uh, and some distinguished VIPs, but unfortunately no spectators for the Olympics. So it's kind of being billed as a TV-only event. Uh, And, you know, for guys like you and I, you know, we're unlikely to travel to go see the Olympic Games, but it will have a completely different feel. And you feel a little bit for... Uh, Tokyo, they'll be losing revenue in stadium attendance as well as hotel and other hospitality. So, well, and you, you know, when the football season started uh, in 2020 and they said no fans in the stadium, you know, my initial reaction was that's going to look terrible. How and it's going to affect how I watch the game from my couch. And I'll be honest with you, once the season started and I got used to it after about one and a half quarters, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, so I don't know if, if that's going to bother me as a viewer watching the Olympics. I'm not going to really care if the stadium's empty or not because the football season that I'm such a fan of seemed to go off last year as a television viewer without bothering yeah. me too much. 
Well, and I think the important thing is to try to stay as safe as possible. So there are some health concerns. And uh, actually, uh, it's to the Olympics credit that they're going to even conduct the games this year. They did it actually for the morale of the athletes and people who are fans of the Olympics. So uh, we wish them uh, nothing but uh, safety and uh, good competition. Here, here. Here's an interesting story about a pro cyclist. His name is Lachlan Morton, and he rode the whoa, whoa, Tour whoa, whoa, de France. Whoa. What's his name? Lachlan Morton. Lachlan. All right. Well, now that uh, we're talking about him, look for that name on the top 10 most popular baby names of 2021. Lachlan. <laughs> Lachlan. Do you have a spelling? Absolutely. Is it, is it a, like a, a hard G-H? I think it's L-A-C-H-L-A-N. Okay. Sometimes I have trouble with my own handwriting afterwards, but yeah, Lachlan. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe it's Larry and you just can't read your handwriting. The guy's name is Larry. Let's just all commit to that. All right, I'm we? sorry. I, I derailed <laughs> no, that's this. that's funny. Now, what no, did Lachlan do? He rides a bike. That's all I know. He rides a bike. It was interesting. What he did was he basically... Uh, copied what all the other professional riders did in the Tour de France. He uh, cycles for a a New Zealand-based professional cycling team, but their team did not make the Tour this year. But Lachlan had an idea to raise money for charity, and the uh, team that he rides for, along with their sponsor, gave a lot of money to an organization called bicycles to the world bicycle relief Hmm. and uh they were able to donate over a thousand bicycles to individuals who ordinarily would not have access to bicycles and if you can think of you know uh third world countries poorly developed areas uh, sometimes getting around on a bike is your best transportation, but you may or may not be able to afford it. And that's what this charity does. But I thought this was so interesting about Lachlan because he rode the tour uh, and, you know, you see Tour de France and it's 2,300 miles or so. It's a grueling bicycle event for any pro. But once the pros ride their their day's ride, they get off the bike and they have a professional nutritionist and massage therapist and they stay at a nice hotel. They hop on the bike the next day. What Lachlan did was rode the Tour de France and did it with his own self-support. So anything that he needed, he took along with him on the bike. He didn't have a team per se, the way, uh, no, he, he rode it by himself. It took him 19 days and 224 hours in the saddle. But at the end of what I would call an ordeal, because that's that's a lot of work, mm-hmm. he raised over $600,000 in charity. That's a lot of bikes. That's uh, yeah. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, the, you're right, though, about third world having uh, transportation. The bicycle is your best opportunity, and, and the only thing between you and a bike is the amount of money that you don't have to buy the bike. So hats off to him. Yeah, they are able, now they're going to contribute back to the uh, World Bicycle Relief Foundation, and they'll be able to buy about 3,000 more bikes with the money that they raised. And uh, his event was called the Alt Tour. So it was the tour and then the Alt Tour. 
And uh, Lachlan, we're proud of you for raising money. The Alt Tour. Okay. And uh, I have to sort of, uh, I have to believe that anybody listening to the show, when you talk about the Tour de France, um, the image of that person with the cardboard sign jumps into their head. Oh, that caused yes, that the, was uh, bad. Caused the accident uh, several weeks back, right at the beginning of the Tour de France. Um, and just a quick explanation for the one person out there that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a hundred cyclists are going down a small road in uh, in rural Europe, and there are fans along the side of the road. I mean. Think of it's just like like a county road. Like think of a county road in a county outside of two counties outside of a major city here in in, uh, in the United States. And there are people along the road, right off the road. I mean, you could actually reach out and high five one of the cyclists as they go by. Uh, but they are jam packed like sardines onto this road as they're going by at twenty plus miles an hour, thir- maybe thirty miles an hour. I don't know how fast those guys go. Isn't it close to thirty miles an hour? Yeah, close to thirty. And, yes. And this person is holding out a cardboard sign. I think in French it said something about her grandmother, uh, or grandfather rather, because I did Google Uh it. Because I'm like, what did that sign say? And it was some sort of support for her grandfather, which I guess makes it a little easier. Was it some stupid advertisement for a for a boxing match or something? Sure, yeah. But uh, she wasn't paying attention to the traffic of the Tour de France coming toward her, and she knocked a guy off his bike right off the side of the road. He goes down, takes out 10 bikes behind him. Those 10 bikes take out 60 bikes behind them. I mean, it was a ma- it was a melee. It was a fracas. It was unbelievable. It, was it, a it mess, might yes. go down as the is the oddest video of 2021, honestly. Uh when they do the year-end video, viral videos. And uh and sh- last I heard this person fleed and has been in hiding and there's been no consequences. Have you heard anything? I have heard that they did apprehend her after she fled because too many people knew who she was. Okay. So they so she's going to be charged right. with something. Yeah, initially she had to flee the country and you know, like you said, well, I don't think she did any of it on purpose. Her her accidental and silly behavior caused uh, an extensive amount of, of carnage. You're absolutely right. And thankfully, nobody was killed because the tour has had some serious injuries in the past that have resulted in death. So this is your public service announcement. To be aware <laughs> of your surroundings at a public yes. event, don't get in the way don't cause an accident that was easily avoided. Don't be that person. This right. has been a public service announcement from the Adam Rich Show. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's another amazing cyclist, this time a cyclist with one wheel, Peter Frank, who is a 19-year-old unicyclist. Yes, just ah. one. Just like when you see the clowns at the circus. Uh He is riding his unicycle as we speak from Appleton, Wisconsin, to Phoenix, Arizona. And what is he doing this for? Who's benefiting? His goal is to raise $100,000 for an organization known as Beacon House. And Beacon House helps provide support and lodging to families who have children that have been involved in uh, catastrophic accidents. Peter 
as a young man, uh, was in a serious accident and broke several bones in his body, required extensive hospitalization and surgeries. And his parents were actually put up at the hospital by this organization called Beacon House. So now Peter is 19 years old. He's fully healed from all of his injuries and he is embarking on this ride. And I got to tell you, Adam, I was not only impressed because obviously somewhat gimmicky, you're on a unicycle. That's quite a ride. And it may or may not sort of collect people's attention. But Peter is uh, very adept at social media. And if you go to his website, which is very simply, where is peterfrank.com and frank is spelled f-r-a-n-k where is peterfrank.com it has a listing of all the different social media updates uh, how you can donate to beacon house and you can actually track where in the united states peter frank is so i it's i was really impressed that is very cool and he's he's doing the unicycle ride from wisconsin to did you say arizona Phoenix, Arizona, yes. At least there will be a nice town when he gets there because Phoenix is very nice. Now, let's say, um, and I'm just thinking rules or regulations with with this type of ride. If he gets just outside of Wisconsin, maybe he's had, I'm trying to do the map in my head, he's just going through uh, northern Iowa. Uh, If he falls off his uh, unicycle, does he have to go back and start over? (laughs) Ah, it doesn't say. That would be a tough trip, wouldn't it? (laughs) You know, because, I mean, I could ride a unicycle from Wisconsin to Arizona. It would would take me six or seven years, and I'd just go like six feet at a time, and I'd just keep falling (laughs) off every six feet. If you made me start over every time I fell off... It may never happen. It would might never happen. Yeah, I don't know how difficult it is to ride a unicycle, but I'm assuming uh, it's a skill set that not everybody has. So good for you, Peter Frank. And uh, yeah, that uh, website is superb. Definitely uh, look it up and give to Beacon House. The Adam Rich Show listeners are very uh, generous, and this would be a great organization to give to. Yeah, I think it's a great idea, and I, I love the I love the social dot uh, com aspect of it that you can follow his journey and donate along the way uh and i wrote it down i'm going to check it out it's where is peterfrank.com yep okay all one all one big chunked together word uh we've told you on this show that if you do follow advice it should be from properly vetted sources and one of those sources you should probably take with a grain of salt is TikTok, which is becoming somewhat famous in the social media world. But uh, there was a, a a video not too long ago that went viral about a way to make a certain kind of egg in a microwave. And you may say to yourself, an egg in a microwave doesn't sound particularly safe because, yes, a woman in England badly burned her face while preparing her egg and now she has her own viral video that says hey be careful with social media things that you see on tiktok uh it's not worth having your egg prepared in 90 seconds if you're going to be badly burned how so did, was she inside the microwave i mean how do you get burned on i mean you, people i make, don't know I, if I think, she opened the door at the wrong time or who knows 
You know, it's, but you and I both know that if somebody said, Hey, Adam, here's this cool trick and you could make an egg in 73 seconds in your microwave, it may or may not be a good idea. Yeah, especially, you know, the the main takeaway here is don't don't do anything you see or learn on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I mean it just might not be a good source. And you and I know and I know people quibble with it. They call it life hacks. And that what that means is, you know, you take a look at a chore in life or some type of repetitive thing. And here's a way to reduce the amount of effort or make it more easy or, you know, take make it more accessible. Sometimes life hacks. There's a reason why you should probably just hard boil your egg in water like the rest of us. Like the rest of us. Yeah, like life hacks, you can go down a rabbit hole as well when you're on Facebook and you see 13 best life hacks in the kitchen. I mean, that you'll watch that seven-minute video and be amazed at the things they can do with a rubber band. <laughs> the things you can do, but, uh, yes. I would, I would argue if any life hack you see involves electricity or heat or hot temperatures or a sharp item, Eh, don't don't attempt that life hack on your own, especially if you're not an adult with a lot of experience. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I thought this was interesting. You've been at sporting events. You hear certain songs. A song that you hear quite a bit here in the United States is Sweet Caroline. There's, a, I think, the Boston Red Sox. And yep. I certainly know a handful of college football teams that uh, – you know, Sweet Caroline has sort of become a, a kind of a rallying song for fans. Ba, well, ba, ba. Yeah. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, England, who recently has made some uh, headlines lately by being in the UEFA championships, uh, they've adopted the song Sweet Caroline. Now, the reason why I bring it up is you and I love classic rock artists and uh, love certain uh you know, just certain aspects of the whole classic rock world. Mm -hmm. They said that Neil Young might actually make an additional $10 million in song royalties because of the fact that this is a song that largely had gone somewhat unnoticed in sunny England. Neil Diamond, correct. Or Neil Diamond, yeah. I, I, I was sorry, I might have been looking at something else. But yes, Neil Diamond and uh, Sweet Caroline. And uh, he could make an additional $10 million just this year off song royalties. That is unbelievable. I mean, that was a major hit uh, in its time. It's had millions, hundreds of millions of, of airplay on American uh, and worldwide radio. But uh, let's face it, that was, was that song from the late 60s? I want to guess late 60s, early yeah, 70s. Yeah, I mean, at the I think latest. it was actually a 60s or 70s song. And yeah. uh, so let's face it, I mean, it's been out of the fold of pop culture for a while, but uh, here lately, yeah, you can't go to a sing along or a party without somebody throwing that on and the whole crowd yelling, bop, bop, bop. And I, <laughs> I think that's crazy interesting that they valued it at another $10 million worth of royalties because of the usage of that song here recently. There's another story uh, much like that with the song Low Down by Boz Skaggs. I know you know that song. Oh, um, yes. That song was uh, used in the movie Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta. There is a uh, scene in the movie where they're practicing dancing. They're in the practice studio by themselves, and they're doing some little two-step or whatever. Well, they never got the rights for that song, 
And when the movie was released, they changed that song out to a generic little disco riff. Boz Skaggs has said that since he didn't allow them to use this that song, it's cost him more than $5 million in royalties because Ouch. of the song not being on that soundtrack and used in the film. So, you know, there's just some interesting royalties uh, stories with uh, pop culture and, and artists and what gets what gets cut, what doesn't, what gets put on the movie soundtrack, what doesn't, what song from 50 years ago all of a sudden gets used in Wembley Stadium every single night in England. I mean, it's pretty cool when you start looking at it that way. Yeah, I think that that was a fascinating story. And uh, super quick, Jalen Brown on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Jimmy has a feature called Hell Hoops where he brings on great basketball players. And Jalen Brown won $25,000 for his foundation, the Juice Foundation, which helps raise money for at-risk children. And it's definitely worth a look up on YouTube. Very, the health okay. concept is very interesting. Yes. What, I mean, what? it just, you have to shoot it through uh, all these uh, barriers and people are throwing balls at your basketball and there's smoke and there's fire, hence the name hell hoops. Uh, but it is an interesting way for uh, stars to win money for their charities. And Jalen Brown is a famous player for the Boston Celtics. I will check that out. That sounds uh, more fun than the NBA, to be honest with you. I'd rather watch yes. that <laughs> with smoke and fire and people throwing things at you while you're trying to shoot. I think they just invented a new game. I think All right. so, too. That's interesting stuff, Jay. Thank you so much. Uh, our listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can hear past episodes of this program uh, on demand on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.